In a global industry where anything can happen, where mistakes cost much more than dollars, we bring you expertise from around the world to ensure that everyone goes home safe every day. The internationally acclaimed Oil & Gas HSE podcast starts now with your host, Russell Stewart. Today, my guest is Carolina Ortega. Carolina is the Vice President of Sustainability for Milestone Environmental Services. She oversees all aspects of ESG data collection and reporting, including both mandatory and voluntary disclosures. She's responsible for the development and communication of the company's proven environmental and sustainability strategy, which we had the president of Milestone on this show within the last couple of years. She's at Milestone to champion Milestone's sustainability programs to all stakeholders, including C-suite officers, industry leaders, and boards of directors. Carolina is a subject matter expert in sustainability and environmental impact. She has more than 20 years of experience developing corporate-wide sustainability strategies in a variety of industries. Her expertise also includes climate change, social and environmental risk management, human rights impact assessments, stakeholder engagement planning, and ESG, investor and rater engagement, sustainability reporting, social and environmental performance management systems and risk assessments for new country entries. Wow, we only have the best guests on here, folks. In addition to 15 years of experience in the oil and gas sector, she's worked in the consumer products and pharmaceutical industries. Carolina earned her bachelor's degree in economics and art history from Smith College. She received a graduate certificate from the Graduate Institute of International and Development Studies in Geneva, Switzerland, and a Master of International Affairs from Columbia University. Carolina was born and raised in Mexico City and now lives in Houston with her two daughters. Carolina, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here with you today. Thank well, you. well, I tell you, you know, usually the way, the way we start these shows is I just say, tell us a little bit about yourself. But I was so impressed with this resume that I just had to read it. So, Carolina, how long have you been with Milestone? I joined at the beginning of April of 2022, so it hasn't been that long. I've been a newer addition to the team, and it's been a really interesting and exciting journey so far. So is this your first foray into the oil and gas industry? Because I've mentioned here No, I've been in oil and gas for over 15 years. I've worked with other companies, exploration and production companies. I've also done a little bit of consulting for oil and gas mostly. So this is my first, you know, my first job in waste management with Milestone. Okay. All right. And Milestone has an interesting history on that. And as I mentioned, we had uh, Milestone on the podcast here within the last couple of years. And so I wanted to have them back. And with you just coming on, and being this subject matter expert in sustainability and environmental impact with more than 20 years experience, I thought it was a good opportunity to have you on as kind of the new kid on the block in at Milestone. So let's just jump right into it, Carolina, and let's talk about sustainability. And, you know, we use a lot of words that they become buzzwords and we just use them. And then and you may use them all the time. And if you ever say to somebody, well, now define that word for me. And so you've used it, you know, forever. And you say, I don't know that I can give you a dictionary definition of that. So how would you describe this word sustainability in a nutshell? Yeah, well, you know, when I started my career in sustainability, we didn't even use that word. When I went to graduate school, it was, I focused on 
business and human rights issues. So sustainability wasn't even around. But the way that I like to describe it, the way that I like to, you know, when I'm at home and talking to my daughters about what I do, I just like to say that what I focus on, my role inside a company is to help companies be good stewards of the environment, of the employees, and of communities. And what that means is that I like to help companies ensure that in the way that they run their business every day, that they are protecting the environment, that we're not harming the environment, that we're not making things worse than they were before, that we're being respectful of people's rights and of, you know, diversity and inclusion, that we are ensuring that we're protecting labor laws, that we are hiring people that are also at the same time careful to respect the human rights of others. So that's, you know, that's essentially what sustainability means. I would just add to that, that it's ensuring the long-term success of a company. Because when you're paying attention to the way you treat the environment and people, you will in the long run also be more financially successful, right? And that's the balance that I try to achieve. Exactly. (laughs) That's the balance that I try to achieve in my job. That's a very good way of describing it. Because, you know, I said you've had 20 years experience in this business. I think most of us seem to think that this field of sustainability or ESG is relatively new. So as you said, when you started more than 20 years ago, they called it something else. But it's not that this really is new, is it? No, it's not new. I think what is new is the attention that the general public has on these issues. But you know, it's been around for a while. It started off, you may remember in the late 1990s, with a lot of talk about sweatshops, how the clothes from the Gap or the soccer balls from Nike were being made in inhumane conditions in Southeast Asia, right? So it goes all the way back to that. What hasn't changed, I think, is this focus on environment, people, and workers, right? And trying to, at the same time, balance the importance of these three factors with a well-run company, the governance part of it. So that has stayed constant. What has evolved in these 20 plus years has been the way that we measure the success of a sustainability program. You know how they say you can't improve what you don't measure. Well, it's the same thing, right? Now we have more metrics, different things that we focus on to try to make sure that we are indeed having effective programs that relate to the sustainability impact of a company. So this has also all been digitalized now too, right? Oh gosh, yes. You can see, you know, companies like Bloomberg, for example, they have just, I don't know what they call them, like big data platforms where they track the performance, the ESG or sustainability performance of companies. And they measure them and they have ratings. And so there's a lot of digitalization around this space as well. And obviously, when you focus on greenhouse gas emissions and just carbon-related, climate change-related things, the digitalization of it is also has totally advanced in the last 15, five, you know, 15, 10 years ago. We didn't have the technology that we have today to measure all of the carbon emissions and all of that that we have today. And 
to follow up on that, we're doing better, right? I think we are. I mean, we, in the industry, I think we've done incredibly well in, for example, improving the transparency of sustainability programs. Now you would be hard pressed to find an oil and gas producer not publishing a sustainability report, for example. And the objective in that is to increase the transparency, to tell your stakeholders more about what you're doing and the impact that you're having. Another area where I think we've improved significantly is just in environmental practices, right? There's things that we do today that protect the environment significantly more, you know, than we did in the past, just because we know more about what is harmful versus what isn't, right? A perfect example of it is, is what Milestone does. Our waste management practices were not around 20 years ago, and now we have them, and they protect the environment significantly more than the way that waste was managed in the oil and gas industry 20 years ago. Well, speaking of Milestone's strategies there, they are a little unique, aren't they? As opposed to standard industry standards? <laughs> yeah, I think we're unique in two different ways. One, we have patented technology. So the way that we manage the waste is different to others, right? We take slurry waste and we inject it deep down in injection wells and we capture the carbon. So it's not out there spread thinly in acres and acres of land and producing greenhouse gas emissions. So in that sense, we're unique. Where we're also unique is in the transparency and in the what I call carbon accounting. So we have developed processes to understand the carbon impact of the waste that we sequester. So we're able to tell our customers exactly how many carbon equivalent tons they have saved by giving their waste to us. That is very different. You won't find it anywhere else in the industry. So that's what makes us stand out from others. However, that's really important because you have some mandatory disclosures along all those lines now, don't you? And then actually, and this is what a lot of people don't know, and it doesn't get championed enough either. Companies have their own voluntary disclosures that are sometimes as stringent or more than the mandatory ones, right? Yes. I mean, if you look at Milestone Sustainability Report, we are way above any regulatory requirements for disclosures. But some of these requirements are going to be changing. The SEC has published some guidance on climate change disclosures, so it'll change. But in any case, companies have... I think put in significant efforts to go above and beyond any requirements for disclosures on sustainability related topics. Well, and I think you're right. And at OGGN, we are champions of the oil and gas industry. And we say that oil and gas is not the problem with the environment, it's going to be the solution. So this is just one example of it. What would you say, Carolina, is the biggest misconception about sustainability or ESG? Oh, gosh, there's unfortunately quite a few. I think the one misconception is that it's a fad, you know, that it's just new, that it's going to come and go, that it's not important. I read an article recently, I can't remember where it was, but it was about how people are now trying to get rid of the ESG topic, right? That they don't like that acronym anymore. 
And what I find a shame is that we're focusing on terms or lenses or perspectives to a very large topic, which is we're in this planet. We have to take care of it. It's not, you know, it won't be around forever and ever and ever if we don't protect it. Just like humans need to take care of themselves and eat healthy food and exercise and breathe fresh air, you know, the planet needs to be taken care of the same. So I would challenge those that think that sustainability comes and goes with markets, for example. Yes, you'll find some financial analysts who will ask more questions to companies that they invest in on sustainability related topics when the market is in a specific, you know, and some people say that you'll see it when the market's down, the more people focus on sustainability and when profits are up, nobody cares and they won't ask these questions. But where I disagree with this premise that it's a fad and it'll go away is that Companies that have solid sustainability programs don't build them in a week. If the market changes tomorrow and we suddenly have a lot of questions from investors on our sustainability programs, you can't just suddenly make it all up, right? It's a practice that will take years to set up. Programs take a while to develop. Metrics take a while to get collected as well. And so companies that are good sustainability performers have been at this for a while. They didn't just start, you know, recently. Another misconception is that it's a bunch of, you know, tree huggers. The people that do this are just tree huggers. They don't understand businesses, that we like to turn companies into nonprofit organizations that give away things. And that's also a misconception. I think that people like me, sustainability practitioners, are experts just like other experts are in different fields. It takes knowledge, it takes understanding. There's not a secret sauce to how you suddenly implement a great sustainability program. There has to be rigor, there has to be kind of a commitment to excellence as well in the way that you do it. You have to be consistent. So if you care about water stewardship in one of your facilities, you have to do the same somewhere else, right? So that you really lift the performance of the entire company. So anyway, I think there's this idea that it's just tree huggers and people wanting to green the planet is really not accurate. There's a lot more to sustainability than just that. Well, to follow up on that and Folks have heard me say before on this podcast, the reason I'm not a lawyer is because I ask people questions that I don't know the answer to ahead of time, you know, so we didn't rehearse this, folks, and I'm about to ask a question. And of course, you guys out there listening won't know if it doesn't go well, we're going to edit it. But anyhow, <laughs> I'm sitting at lunch today in a restaurant and they've got the news on the TV in front of the bar and the little ticker thing under there that the reporter's talking about, apparently California either has or is about to pass some kind of law, and they're going to ban all gas-powered vehicles by 2035. If we want to talk about this word sustainability, I'm just curious to get your opinion. These people who think that electric vehicles are going to somehow make climate change better or the environment better because we're not going to have any gas-powered, there needs to be some reasonable people need to come together and they need to work this thing out, don't they? 
Yes, I agree with you. I would ask questions like, how are you going to ensure that people that can't afford an electric That's vehicle will have access to one? How are you going to ensure that the grid has enough capacity to charge all it these doesn't. electric vehicles exactly how are you going to ensure that the truck driver in Iowa is the farmer has an ability to continue to produce the food that we consume around that the country you buy off right the grocery exactly. shelf that everybody thinks just shows up you know by osmosis exactly or so I think that this energy transition is a very complex issue we obviously have all of us interest in what is called a low carbon future, right? Where we live in, where the future is not producing as much carbon so that we essentially, to put it simply, so that we breathe cleaner air. We're all interested in that. But I think that the how is really important. And we can't forget that there's a lot of different ways to do it, that we have to ensure that everybody has access to the same benefits, to the same innovation, to the same improvements in quality of life, and not just those that have access to the money to afford it, right? So we call that a just energy transition or environmental uh, justice too. I, I like that. I like that. Folks, that was worth the price of admission right there. So <laughs> it will not be edited out. Again, thank you, Carolina, for coming on the show. It's really been a pleasure. If we have more people like you in ESG, then we're going to accomplish what we need to get accomplished. So I'm really proud to have had this opportunity to meet you. I forgot to mention at the beginning of the show, we are recording from Milestone Environmental's offices here in Houston, Texas. We'll put your LinkedIn URL information in the show notes. We'll put Milestone's website in the show notes for anybody who wants to get in touch with you, maybe more about ESG, but especially about Milestone's waste management program that has its own unique flavor to it. As we discussed, I want to thank everyone out there for listening. Tune in again next week for another episode of the Oil & Gas HSE podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever podcast platform you listen to. Like us on LinkedIn, use all your social media to tell your friends about us, and we'll see you next time. Tune in next week for another engaging episode of the Oil & Gas HSE podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.